I'd like you to imagine for a moment a young husband. He's been married for maybe three or four years. Ever since he can remember, and especially since he's gotten married, he's wanted to have children. His wife, however, when they first got married, was not so interested in kids. She was uh, really focused on her career, and that was what she wanted uh, to spend her time doing, and the husband was fine with that. He respected his wife's uh, decision that she really wanted to spend her time on that, but he longed to have children, and he just, he wanted that in his family. Well, imagine him coming home from work one day that after uh, he has been, uh, had a difficult day at work, he comes home and he finds that his wife has made his favorite meal. That cheers him up just a bit, but as she asks him how his day was and he goes into the details of what he's been through, he sinks down again into the discouragement of a job that's been frustrating to him. Well, after he finishes sort of pouring out his heart and talking about how bad his day has been, his wife smiles and says to him, well, I have some good news. She says, actually, it's great news. I'm pregnant. Now imagine the change that that one simple pronouncement will have upon the husband. It changes his perspective on everything that what happened that day and all of those things, that's not really what ultimately is important. And this one announcement has a huge effect on him and on their family for the rest of his life. Now I start with that illustration because I want to talk this morning about the power of an announcement. The way an announcement can change everything. And I want to think together this morning, not about pregnancy, but about the greatest announcement that has ever been made. And I want to look at that with you together. So if you have your Bible, would you turn to the book of Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. It's page 828 in the Bibles that the church provides. If you don't have a Bible with you, we really would like for you to look along with us. There'll be a Bible either underneath your seat or in the rack in front of you. And if you turn to page 828 in those, you'll be right where we are this morning. And the reason we'd love for you to look along is because I'm not here to share my ideas with you. I'm here to try to explain what God has to say in his word. In Ephesians chapter 3, well, actually throughout the book of Ephesians, we've been looking at basic teachings about the Christian faith. What do we believe as Christians? And we've looked at teachings about God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, Satan, sin, salvation, the church. Last week we looked at the scriptures or the Bible itself. This morning we have one more teaching, fundamental to the Christian faith that we want to explore together. Look with me as I read verses 6 and 7 of Ephesians chapter 3. Paul, who wrote Ephesians, says, This mystery is that through the gospel... The Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and sharers together in the promise in Christ Jesus. 
I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the working of his power. The word we want to think about and focus on this morning is the word gospel. And the reason the gospel is so important is that it is an announcement. And the reason it is not just any announcement, but the greatest announcement that's ever been made, is because what Paul says in verse 6, through the gospel, the blessings of the promise of God come into our lives. So if you remember our young couple that I opened the sermon with, When the wife announces, I'm pregnant, well, it's through that announcement that the blessing of a child comes into the family. So it is with the gospel. The gospel is an announcement through which the blessings of God come into our lives. This is what makes it the most important announcement that you're ever going to hear question we have this morning is, well, what is the gospel? The word simply means good news. That's what the Greek word translated gospel means. And the verb form of that word simply means to announce good news. It's a pronouncement or announcement of good news. Now, the question is, What's the good news that's being announced that is known as the gospel that's so powerful that when you hear that announcement, the blessings of God come into our lives? You see, the reason we understand the announcement, I'm pregnant, to be so powerful is we know what it refers to. We know what that means. The question for us this morning is, what does the word gospel refer to? What is that message or that announcement that when it is made and received brings the blessings of God into our lives? Now, this sounds like it should be a relatively easy question. But the more you think about it, the trickier it can actually be. For example, don't answer these out loud, but think for a moment. If I asked you, is the statement God loves you the gospel? Or is inviting someone to pray to receive Christ, is that the gospel? Is feeding the poor, is that part of the gospel? When we talk about this gospel message, are we talking about confessing our sins to God? What about telling our neighbor that we'll pray for them, that they recover from the illness that they have? Is that the gospel? If you see a bumper sticker that says Jesus saves, is that the gospel? Is that the announcement of good news? If I tell somebody my life was once a mess, but then I believed in Jesus and now I found peace with God, is that what we mean when we say the gospel? That's what we want to try to understand this morning. What is this piece of good news? that opens up the blessings of God so that they come into our lives. Now, the way I'd like to do this, I'd like to look at a couple of different places in the Bible where the word gospel is used 
to allow us to try to understand what exactly is the announcement that is so important. I want to start in the book of Acts, page 779, Acts chapter 10. I'd love for you to turn over there with me. Acts chapter 10. What we have in the book of Acts is the very first generation of Christians. And in the chapter 10, the apostle Peter has been sent by God to go to a group of Gentiles or non-Jewish people with a message for them from God. It's a man named Cornelius. He goes to his house and there are a group of people gathered together. And Peter is going to share with them the message of the gospel. And this will allow us to see what it is that we are announcing. Look with me, if you will, in verse number 36. Peter says, You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. That word for good news is the same word that was translated in Ephesians as gospel. That's what we're looking to find out. Peter says, I've come to share with you the message, the announcement from God that is the good news. That's what we're talking about. And in verse 37 and following is that message. And I want to walk through that message with you this morning and point out four aspects of what Peter shares that is the content of the gospel that brings the blessing of God into our lives. Starting in verse 37, Peter says, here's the message. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. And here's the first aspect of the message that Peter is sharing. He begins to talk first about the life of Jesus. The life of Jesus that he performed miraculous wonders that God was with him in a powerful way. That he demonstrated to all who God was. And Peter begins the gospel or the good news with something about the life of Jesus. We continue at the end of verse 39. Peter says, they killed him by hanging him on a tree. This is the second piece of the message that he's sharing. He not only talks about the life that Jesus lived, he mentions the death that Jesus dies. Hanging him on the tree, that refers to the crucifixion or to a cross. He talks about Jesus' death. Verse 40, But God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. Here's the third 
part of Peter's message. He not only talks about Jesus' life and his death, he also talks about the fact that he did not remain dead, that God raised him to new life. Jesus' resurrection. And then the fourth piece of his message, verse 42, he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. And this fourth aspect in other places in the scriptures is what we refer to as the exaltation of Jesus. That not only did Jesus live and die and was resurrected, He also has been placed into a position of all authority, exalted to a position as Lord with the rights to judge all humanity, living and dead. This is the message that Peter shares. Now, he says one more thing in verse 43. He says, all the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Now, he's not so much talking about the message as he is the response to the message and what happens when you believe. And look in verse 44. This is what happened. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came upon all who heard the message, and they began to praise God. This is what we're talking about. This announcement of good news is the means by which the blessings of God come into our lives. And Peter shows us that this announcement really has four aspects to it. It is the announcement of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and exaltation. That's the gospel. That's the good news. Now, if we had time, we would look through the rest of the book of Acts and we would see that other places where this gospel or good news is being announced, like in Acts 2 or in Acts 3 or in Acts 4 or Acts 7 or Acts 13 or Acts 26, we would find these same four elements present. Let's look now not at a narrative book like Acts, but the book of Romans. And here you don't need to turn. I've got the passage on the screen for you. The book of Romans is not a story. It's a letter from the Apostle Paul explaining the gospel. And as he gets ready to explain the gospel, at the very beginning of the letter, he introduces his topic. And he says, what I'm talking about is the gospel, which God promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures regarding his son Jesus. The gospel is an announcement about Jesus. And then he says four things. Who as to his human nature was a descendant of David. That's something about Jesus' life. And who the spirit of holiness was declared with power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. That's something about Jesus' death and his resurrection. Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's his exaltation, that he has been exalted to the place of being Lord over everything. 
And here we see the same four elements, Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and exaltation present. Now it's a summary form, and he'll spend the rest of the letter explaining what each one of those phrases means. But that's the gospel message. We can see this other places where the Apostle Paul gives us short summaries of what is the gospel. In first in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Paul says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience the blessing of God in your life. You will be saved. 1 Corinthians 15, 3-4, Paul says the gospel is that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and then perhaps the most concise form. In 2 Timothy 2, 8, Paul says, remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David, this is my gospel. You hear elements of these same four things in each time that it is being discussed. Christ's life, death, resurrection, and exaltation. Conclude our brief survey of Bible passages this morning by thinking about one of the books that is actually called a gospel or the gospel. Think for a moment about the gospel of Mark. The passage or that whole book begins with these words, the beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Mark says the gospel is about Jesus and then he's going to write Jesus' story. So whereas in Acts, Peter's talking about Jesus and in Romans, Paul is explaining the gospel, in the gospel of Mark, Mark's telling Jesus' story. And if we had time, we would look through the gospel of Mark and see that what, Jesus, what Mark talks about is Jesus' life, the miracles that he did, the teachings that he gave, the impact that he had on people, Jesus' death, the fact that he was crucified, Jesus' resurrection. Mark tells us he did not stay in the grave, was raised to new life. And especially as he discusses the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus' exaltation, that he has been declared to be Lord over all the universe. This is the gospel message. Jesus lived, died, is resurrected, and exalted. That's what Paul says we are announcing. That's what he says that message is what brings the blessing of God into our lives. Now I want to share a few observations about sharing that message. That's what the message is. Let me give you a few observations about sharing that message with others. First, when we share the good news that Jesus lived, died, was resurrected, and is exalted, we sometimes also talk about what that means. For example, if you remember back to our young couple, you can imagine in your mind this young wife who says to her husband, I'm pregnant. At some point, we'll also add the phrase, we're going to have a baby. Well, that's not the announcement. That's what the announcement means. That's what I'm pregnant means. 
so it is with the gospel. We don't just tell people that Jesus lived. The Bible says Jesus lived to show us who God is and because he is God with us, that even though we're separated from God, we can know God. That Jesus died so that we might be forgiven for our sins, that God has chosen to take our sins and place them upon Christ, that he died in our place, that Jesus is not just resurrected, but because he's resurrected, we can have new life, that we don't have to experience living death or eternal separation from God. We can have new life. And because he is exalted, that means that he is Lord over everything. And he's creating a new world in which he reigns and rules. A world that's filled with peace and justice and goodness. And when we share with people the good news, sometimes what we're doing is explaining to them what it means. We say to them, the good news is that Jesus lived and therefore God is with us. Jesus died and therefore we can be forgiven for our sins. Jesus is resurrected. And therefore, you and I can have new life. And Jesus is Lord. And that means he's creating a new world in which we can experience the grace and peace of God forever in relationship with him. You see, it's because of Jesus' life, death, resurrection, and exaltation that we have forgiveness for our sins, that we have peace with God, that we have eternal life, that we've been given the Holy Spirit. There's a hundred different ways to say it. What we're doing is explaining why this is good news. And when we stop to announce to people the gospel of Jesus Christ, we also share with them why it is such amazing news. Secondly, we need to understand what it means to respond to the gospel. Think back again to our young couple. When the wife says to the husband, I'm pregnant, the husband really has two choices. He can believe her or not believe her. There's nothing else to do. It's just, it's an announcement. She says to him, I'm pregnant. He either believes her or he doesn't believe her. This is how announcements work. If I say there's a fire in the building right now, you can either believe me or not believe me. If I say you're promoted, you can either believe me or not believe me. This is how announcements work. So it is with the gospel. When God announces to us, Jesus lived, died on a cross, has been raised from the dead and is currently Lord, that's an announcement. And you have two choices as to what to do with that announcement. You can either believe it or not believe it. And when we proclaim the gospel, this is why Peter says, everyone who believes Jesus, that means everybody who believes the message that Jesus lived, died, was resurrected and exalted, receives forgiveness of sins and eternal life. The response to the gospel, there isn't anything to do. It's a matter of believing that it's true. And then finally, as we think about announcing this good news to others, the important point is that we actually have to make the announcement. 
The power lies in the announcement. That there's lots of other things that we do to prepare people to hear the announcement. Like if you remember again back to our story of that young couple. The wife made the husband's favorite dinner. She listened as he told her about his bad day. She said to him, I have good news for you. All of that is in preparation for the announcement, I'm pregnant. It's not the announcement. She could have done all that stuff and he wouldn't have known that she was pregnant until she said, I'm pregnant. So it is with the gospel. There's lots of things that we do to prepare people to hear the message. This is partly why we feed the poor. This is why we care for those who are hurting. This is why we tell people that God loves you. This is why we explain to people that we are separated from God because of our sin. This is why we share with them our own personal testimony that says, I was once separated from God, but in Jesus I have found peace with God. We say all of that to prepare them to hear the announcement. And the announcement is that Jesus lived. Therefore, God is with us. Jesus died. Therefore, we can be forgiven for our sins. Jesus is resurrected. Therefore, we can have new life, eternal life. And Jesus is exalted as Lord. Therefore, he's creating a new world in which we can live at peace with God and one another. The power is in the announcement. And it's that announcement that the Bible says opens up the doorway for the blessings of God to come into our lives. That's the reason why this is the greatest announcement you will ever hear. Is because in the gospel, the power of God to rescue humanity comes into our lives. And we experience relationship with God. We experience eternal life. Peace with God. It comes through believing that Jesus died, Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus is resurrected, and Jesus is exalted as Lord.